Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello, hello. Thank you so much for finding Whitehall Sources. Before we get stuck into the politics for you, a quick message from The Resident. These hotels, like their choice in podcasts, are exceptional. Whether you're travelling for business or leisure, at The Resident, you're offered the best rooms, prices and advice for your needs as well. We are so thrilled to be brought to you in association with The Resident, who have proudly backed us since day one. When we're booking a stay in London or Liverpool, it's The Resident we head to and it's The Resident you should head to. To find out more, click residenthotels.com. We have to send a message, a message to this government. What they're delivering for our country is not good enough. It's nowhere near good enough. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hello and welcome to a Whitehall Sources special. I often, quite early on, will just lift the lid on something for you. Today, it's the last week we recorded too much stuff. Too much good stuff, really. So we've rolled it over into a special episode for you. So for the next 20 minutes, we're doing a little bit of a dive into the local elections. Campaigning is underway. There was a bit of humour at the end of last week because most of us didn't really notice the Conservatives launching their local election campaign. Labour and the Lib Dems have done so. And so today, we dive into the local elections 2023, as ever, with Kirsty Buchanan, former special advisor to Theresa May, and Frankie Leach, former advisor to Jeremy Corbyn when he was Labour leader. Believe it or not, the local election campaign is in fact underway. Uh, We're recording on Thursday. Labour are launching their local election effort today. Uh, The Lib Dems did so by driving a tractor through some blue hay bales to represent the blue wall that they are going to destroy, of course. And apparently the Conservatives launched their local election campaign a few days ago. Um, This is something that escapes the attention of, well, basically everyone, uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, It's been observed in the Daily Express today by Christian Calgi, senior political correspondent. Tories mocked for holding local election campaign launch without anyone noticing. (laughs) Uh, Did did you notice, Kirsty? 
I must confess I didn't, but I've been somewhat <laughs> distracted by yeah, my... Yeah, she's been busy. Yes, but I didn't notice and I've not been doing anything. By my own personal dram this week. Well, but, but actually you should be reassured because nobody else had a blooming clue that it was going on. <laughs> yeah, imagine if you threw a party and nobody came. Um, look, so, uh, look, the, the, the point of elections, local elections, is not actually to grab a lot of national attention, it's to grab a lot of local attention. Sure. You know, it it is deliberately designed to be about, you know, uh, bins and council tax and not about Rishi Sunak and the Conservative government, right? So from that point of view, you know, uh, I, I think it's fair enough. Um, there is a, a, you know, an interesting point as you get towards an election, what happens is uh, Perder kicks in. Mm. So Perder is uh, a sort of... Uh, blanket of silence, if you like, over around policies that you know might be deemed to be seen to influence uh, voting intentions. So uh, once elections kick in at certain different milestones during that, uh, different points of purdue kick in, and you'll see less and less announcements from the government because they won't be allowed to uh, be seen to influence in the run up to May the fourth. Mm. Um, the other local election. Rule of comms. Here we go. Hang on, hang on. Wait a second. I wasn't expecting that one. There we go. Okay. <laughs> the rule of comms that every single local election, every single local election has, is if you are the incumbent government, you talk up your defeats. Mm. If you are the opposition, you talk down your likely successes. Oh. So this is all um, uh, because the local elections are spread right across the country, many different councils, very hard to sort of get a coherent uh, narrative going. It becomes basically a numbers game about the amount of councillors' seats you lose. And so uh, all uh, incumbent governments will talk up the fact that they're likely to lose more councils than they think and they're likely to m- lose more seats than they think. I think if you probably... You know, say I said I was going to lose 800, probably 500 would be what they really anticipate and 400 would be kind of a victory. And if you're Labour, you know, fighting on this battleground, you downplay uh, what you think you're likely to achieve. We did this, I think, in 2018. I spent the entire night, the entire night at CCHQ. Our management of expectations was so good that actually we... You know, we managed to sort of make what was a pretty bad night look like a look like a rip roaring success because <laughs> Labour hadn't taken Westminster and it hadn't taken Wandsworth at the time, etc. Mm, so, mm. and because we had briefed out everywhere, far and wide, well, you know, we're going to lose these. Westminster's never been out in Conservative hands, and we think we're going to lose it, and we think we're going to lose a thousand seats, and we're going to lose Wandsworth, and you know, we didn't. The only uh, council that um, uh, that Labour gained that night, I think, was Plymouth. Yeah. Um, and there's a kind of what I suspect might have been a. I mean, maybe Frank can tell me. It was a comedy scramble down to Devon by the Corbyn team because presumably they were hoping that they were going to actually land one of these big beastie London councils, and all they got yeah. was uh, no disrespect to Plymouth. It's a lovely place, but. Um, it wasn't quite the jewel in the Conservative crown that they were hoping to grab. Yeah, no, that's completely right. And I think that (laughs) underestimate the impact of local elections on your peril because they are a real indicator, I think, of where 
things are going politically in the country. And I think that was, again, the first kind of insight into the fact that we weren't going to be getting the landslide that we thought. And I think what's going to happen, hopefully, with these May elections is we're going to get a real indicator of what Labour's poll lead actually is. Because there's loads of things going around. People, Some people say the Labour poll lead is really small and actually there's a massive furor about the fact that they think Labour's going to walk it in the general election, but the polling says different. Some people say that the poll lead is so big that it's going to be higher than 1997, which I struggle to believe. Um, so what these May elections will do is indicate, particularly in places like the Red Wall, um, where the cookie is crumbling. And I think it will be interesting to watch seats, seats places like Erewash, for example, those areas in the Midlands and particularly outside of Manchester. So you're looking at like rural Lancashire, places like Rosendale and Darwin, where they got those sweeping gains for the Conservative Party in 2019, um, seeing where the chips fall. I think it might not be as clear-cut as people will expect in terms of massive Labour gains. So I think that there will probably be a big operation from Keir Starmer's Labour Party to really get as many of those Labour Party councillors in. I think it will be interesting in places like Wandsworth, where, you know, Labour recently took the council, and also in Westminster as well, where Labour took the council, to see how much money the Conservatives are pumping into their local election campaign, because I think that will give a very good snapshot of where the Conservative Party finances are at. And I'm told they're not doing super well. So with all of that in mind, have a look at where Labour make big gains. But also one thing that I would like to put out as well is see where people like the Liberal Democrats and the Greens make gains, because that will be the biggest indicator for me about where the next election is going to go. Because my prediction, as you will see, um, I don't think we'll see more Green MPs, but we will see a massive rise in Green votes. I think we'll see more Liberal Democrat MPs. And the big kicker for me will be, will the Liberal Democrats take seats from the Labour Party or will they take seats from the Conservative Party? Someone's seat to always watch out for, and this is Dominic Raab. He has had a Liberal Democrat threat for a very long time. And, you know, if the Liberal Democrats make gains in places like that, um, it might be harder to assess, I think, what the next election is going to be like, and it may see Labour's poll lead fall. I don't necessarily think it's going to be the Conservatives who are going to struggle in local elections. I think what we'll see is the success of the smaller parties, and what that will kick into context is the big conversation about proportional representation. Mm. Did you notice um, Labour's local election launch, Frankie? I mean, it's happening today. It's about council tax. Council tax is the big one, I think, that Keir Starmer's going on. Um, saying that he would freeze council tax. That's the that's the pledge. I just don't really think that's going to cut the mustard because, as Kirsty mentioned, the thing that's really kind of pumping local government is a variety of things. The first thing is, particularly in London, low-traffic neighbourhoods. That is a really serious electoral issue right now, and it's not but taken very seriously. Yeah, in London, but also you've got the kind of... it's. It's getting harder, I think, in other cities like Manchester, for example, to be able to please what I would consider to be kind of working class communities where lots of people commute by car and the middle class communities where even though they have cars, they want things like low traffic neighbourhoods in. And local elections really give rise to those issues, which is essentially that you've got a cost of living crisis that everybody is struggling with, but also issues like the environment. Is there a local site, for example, of a big 
green wasteland that's about to get demolished for a car park. It's those kind of things that have massive impacts on local elections and the way they don't really touch the sides on national campaigns. So I just think it's it's one to look out for. And I think it will give politicos real food for thought when we get these results in about the direction in which the country is going. But I do think the Labour Party will be hoping for big gains, but I would put a prediction out that they will be less than we think based on how big the apparent poll lead is for the Labour Party at the moment. And for people who are campaigning on proportional representation, they will be looking at this for a moment to essentially hold the Labour Party over a barrel with if we do see inroads for people like the Greens and the Liberal Democrats pushing for a coalition approach to the next general election, which is the Labour Party is really not looking to have one of those, because if you admit that you think you need help from something like proportional representation, you're essentially saying that you don't think you've got enough Mm. to win the next general election. So I think it will give rise to a lot of political conversations that have been bubbling up for a while now. And Kirstie, how do you think the Conservatives are going to do this time? Because that's not something we've really spoken about yet. It's difficult to translate local elections into a kind of meaningful pattern for for general elections because you're right, Frankie, people vote on a multiplicity of local reasons primarily. And, you you know, you're far more likely to get tactical voting um, in a general election than you're going to get in a local election. So uh, I wouldn't overread these. Everyone will try and, and, and stake out claims that it, that it shows a direction of travel. But I used to work for uh, the great Eric Pickles, um, <laughs> who, who was the original... He, we, he was the guy that bought in the council tax freeze and, and held it for five years to such a point. It became such a successful policy that no-one talked about wasteful Labour councils anymore. So we mm. kind of did ourselves out of a attack line, if you like, with a, with a policy. Um, uh, and he also said it was uh, every Englishman's rights to have their chicken tikka masala taken away in their, from their bins uh, <laughs> once a week. Um, and so and, and what he meant by that is, like, local elections are fought on local issues. They're not, yeah. they're not fought along local lines. Um and so I, I don't think we should overread them, but you know there is a there is an interesting uh, issue here in a wider sense between the sort of north and the south and what people will try to see about it. We have a Conservative Party at the moment where uh, you know if you are the sort of voter that likes Rishi Sunak, you might not be the and I'm talking about floating voters here, centrist voters. You might not be the sort of person that finds the rump of the rest of the Conservative Party all that palatable. Yeah, and your local Conservative Party, because what I've been told as well is that in the local um, Conservative associations, um, they're not too happy with Rishi Sunak. They don't really like him. They don't like his brand of conservatism. So actually, I think you're completely right, Kirsty, which is that you might see kind of the more liberal-minded soft Tories or Tory adjacents looking forward to voting for a Rishi Sunak government at the next election. But would rather do anything but vote for their local Conservative Party councillors in the local area. Mm. We will keep an eye on local elections insofar as we can, of course, because there are various restrictions around reporting when campaigns officially get up and running. Um, your thoughts on where you are? What are the important issues to you, actually? That'd be an interesting thing to assess across the country. Um, if you feel you can email and give us your location um, and what is important to you, what are you voting on? Uh, what's could standing I, out for you? Go on, Kirsty. Could I make a top three prediction, which you can rubbish next week while I'm away? Uh, so I would say uh, still bins. Bins yeah. is yeah. always, you know, uh, number of bins. 
any housing development mm. anywhere is an absolute kind of touchstone for for local elections um and uh curveball third one and a unspecified very particular local issue so yeah. you know they're closing an x or they're shutting a y so uh bins not in this order actually you know a housing development then bins then specific local issue is my one two three okay i'll um i'll give you i think an indicator actually on local issue i think we're moving away from the age of the local hospital and we're moving towards the age of the local leisure centre. And as a local councillor, I can say this is a fact. One of my biggest issues, apart from a big development that's happening in the city of London, um, the degradation of our local leisure centre is bringing together a coalition of voters that you don't often see, which is your older pensioners who really rely on the local leisure centre to keep fit and to swim and have a nice time. Your middle class parents who use it as a way to get good childcare, which is sending children to you know classes and everything else. And then... Everybody else in the middle who relies on a leisure centre for a gym membership, it brings together a coalition of voters that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And if you look at the trajectory of the funding of leisure centres, most local councils don't own their leisure centre outright anymore or their sports facilities. They are owned by companies like Better and uh, Fusion, which are centres which run those centres like businesses basically and are not doing very well. And there's rumbles in the jungle for lots of local authorities that you know, lots of their local leisure centres are closing down and people are very unhappy about it. Mm. So that is my prediction. Okay. I want to see the word that, leisure centre once. That is that is genuinely fascinating. I had to hear about that. And I, so, and, my most know, astute political analysis yet. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's the last community outpost, right? The last bastion. You're the last community hub outpost that has yet to, you know, fill the squeeze. Mm, really interesting. Well, if it's leisure centres, if it's bin collections, whatever it is that you'll be making your mind up on for the local elections, let us know. Let's get a bit of an idea of what's going on across the UK. And it's something we can return to throughout the next few weeks as well. Email anytime. The email address is hello at whitehallsources.com. That's it for this little bonus episode. I just thought we'd drop that into your feed because it's food for thought, isn't it, as the next set of elections come rumbling round in, well, just over a month's time from when we've published this episode. We will keep in touch on local elections. We'll be back in our usual slot on Thursday. Kirsty and Frankie are off for the next little while, so we'll see who we end up with. Make sure you follow and subscribe, and I'll join you then. Now, far be it from us to advertise political party conferences, but one of the major political parties is heading to Liverpool in 2023 for theirs. Hang on a minute. Whitehall Sources is brought to you in association with The Resident, excellent hotels in exceptional locations. Now, I've just been checking and I can actually confirm that The Resident has one of its excellent hotels in the exceptional location of Liverpool. Phil, who stayed there in February, says the location is perfect for shopping, restaurants, pubs and clubs, all within two minutes walking, and yet the hotel itself was very quiet. That sounds ideal for politicals for party conference, or if you're on a leisurely visit to Liverpool, for example, stay at The Resident. To book your stay, click residenthotels.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 